0: Welcome to this very special episode of URT number the Amazing Race podcast from Reality TV Warriors. My name is Michael Harmstone, and joining me as always is the Canadian whose dating bio claims he makes famous Kielbasa, Logan Saunders. Afternoon. And I'm very pleased to say that joining us is our second favorite drunkle of the Amazing Race 29, Michael Rado.
1: Thank you, I, I take offense to being second, but.
0: Yeah, it's, it's close between you and Cavino, but.
1: I su- yeah, I suppose, Joey. Well, we'll get to the bottom of that later. <laughs> <laughs>
2: This is very different from when we interviewed Jen last week. I'll be I'll
1: be I'll be the favorite drunk on Full House by the end of this son of a gun.
2: It'll be like uh Johnny from uh in the Cobra Kai remake or the yeah, Karate Kid yeah. remake. Yeah, exactly. Dude. I don't really All like you it. have to do is start yelling at teenagers.
1: <laughs> I can do that. I can yell at
2: teenagers.
0: It's usually along the lines of get off my lawn, isn't it? It's something like that, yeah. <laughs> So we we have been talking about getting Rado on forever, and Covino stole his uh, his thunder by joining us for Amazing Race 30 Finale, so it's only fair that Rado has the right of response.
1: I should be here when people have time to pay attention to the nuances of the race. Covino can do a finale. It's a big deal. It's only happened 31 times, but every single leg is a mystery, sir, that you must unwrap, and I'll be here for those.
0: So what have you been up to since uh, your season finished? I'm,
1: I'm chef, but again, man. I sold the butcher shop, right? So Pearl's a, a grown young lassie, and uh, we sold the butcher shop because the building was falling apart. And so we are currently I'm, I'm the executive chef for a high end luxury cigar brand, oh, which cool. is starting in Pittsburgh. Yeah, it's pretty. It's it's an interesting concept, but it's fun to do. I get to play with food. So yeah, I'm I'm, and I'm, I'm opening chains for them nationwide. Oh so, wow he Phelan do a pretty good job.
0: And before we started recording, you wished Logan a happy Canada Day yesterday. I'd like to wish you a happy two years since Amazing Race 29 finished filming. Oh my god, thank you. It's your finale anniversary. It's the anniversary of when you shouted at Brooke.
1: It's the quietest, according to Phil, the quietest he's ever heard this finish line. Really? The quietest, dude. It was fucking crickets when they came down the fucking corridor. We all stood there like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. These motherfuckers. <laughs> Cause they'd all they'd fucked us all at one point, so dude, you could have heard a mouse fart outside, man. Like everybody's just like, you gotta be shitting me. And then of course they cut it forty times, so they're like, ah. I'm like, oh, you sons of bitches, with your million dollars, oh, motherfucker. Oh, I was fucking so bad, dude. Did
2: we're, they cut it from the cheering for London and Logan and for uh, Joey and Tara?
1: Well, that's what they did. They're like, imagine you're cheering for Joey and Tara coming down right now because we gotta get where the sun is over here. Really, what they're getting is a bunch of footage. So they have some people cheering when the when Brooke and fucking Scott come traipsing down the alley, and we all shout ourselves. And fucking <laughs> dude, it would dude feel dead. So he goes, dude, I've never heard like this ever. You made us a stranger season, buddy. I think that's the thing.
0: I have to say that I love pretty much every character in your season. Like, individually, you are all cracking casting.
1: Oh, man. I know. And here I am amongst these models, too, who are fucking 15 years younger than me. It's a fucking ripping shit, man. Like, we're watching each other push each other, and you know what I mean? Like, I guess I could get all deep and weird about it, but really, it was just rad racing.
0: So how did you actually come to be a part of the race? Did you apply as normal? No. So, Erica Rich.
1: Erica Landed Rich. She's a casting director who cast me through facebook in my butcher shop on a show on the escort network which nobody saw it was called the next great burger and i came in second place i got to go to st louis for two days and get drunk and make a hamburger and then i missed my flight home which is funnier now so then she calls me like a couple months later because she asked me to do that not shopped but that cutthroat kitchen where they take away their stoves and shit like that oh yeah they asked me to do that. I'm like, no, stick it up your ass, dude. I don't want to do that. And they're like, well, no, why not? I'm like, you make really talented people look really stupid. Like, Then she called me, and she's like, well, I got another show for you. I'm like, what's that? What am I cooking? She's like, it's not cooking. I'm like, you, you, you have the right guy? She's like, yeah. What's the amazing race? I'm like, get the fuck out of here. So I was the weirdo they cast, man. I was the fucking Jim Henson creature that they shuffled into the deck. And it felt fine to be that thing. I still got to trot around the world, right?
2: Yeah. And you still got to drink, too?
1: Oh, did we drink on on the race?
2: I I think I just made assumptions based upon what Covino was
1: saying. I would say, I don't want to get CBS insurance in any trouble, but Joey Covino and I made regular visits to the local chapel and uh, lit candles and such and swept off the sanctuary, and that's about all that happened. (laughs) Uh, In regard to that, sir, the whiskey was on Tara and Liz's hands and their hearts. They're they're not nice women, either one of our partners, and they had their way with us with that devil whiskey, and uh, it put us into an awkward position. I'm not excited to talk about this.
0: If you'd got back from the starting line task first, would you still have picked Liz, or would you have picked someone else? 100%, still pick
1: Liz. It was just easy, man. I looked to her, like, she just, she looked scrappy. I'd seen her in, like, the semifinals or whatever the fuck, you know. It was a no-brainer. I'm like, yeah, this chick's a badass, man. She'll run. She carried three times her fucking weight in her own goddamn pack for some reason. So, no, 100% still this. And the thing is, I loved to race with anybody that was on our season. That's God's honest truth. I loved, to, like, the like, experience with any single one of them. And if you're looking at it from that perspective, it would be Jesse or Franny or Liz. And I would still always pick Liz, but I would love to run with Jesse or Franny. Either one of them, you know what I mean? Like I don't think they got a chance to show how awesome they are. So that's kind of how I feel about that.
0: And um, who went on the trips that you won as well? Because you won two trips. Who went to Barbados? Who went to Amsterdam?
1: So Liz got Barbados. And as far as I know, she is going down there sometime this year. Uh, Katie and I are going to go to Amsterdam. We were going to go this summer, but we postponed it till next summer because I started a new job a couple months ago and I didn't want to take two weeks off. So, Katie and I are going to go to the Amsterdam in the spring, probably for our wedding anniversary or sometime around there and uh, stroll the canals and see what the hell's happening and probably pop over to Northern Ireland for a little bit and see some friends of ours. And
0: Oh, nice.
1: Yeah. Fuck off for a little bit and come home.
0: I think Logan's got some Amsterdam stories.
2: Dude, I need
0: to. Well, you and I went to Amsterdam, Michael. <laughs> I know, didn't you go back on your own though as well? No, no, uh, that was Rotterdam. Ah yeah. We went to uh to Amsterdam in the middle of winter and it was freezing.
2: Is that right?
0: Logan just kept trying to find pints of Heineken everywhere.
2: <laughs> I right, found a pint of Heineken.
1: <laughs> that's, a, that's a noble task, I suppose.
0: <laughs> I guess the main question that comes out of your season, do you regret helping Brooke?
1: Man. I regret not knowing who the fuck Rook Balsara was right then away, because I knew that Party Worker was from there. I just didn't do the reverse math in my nugget, and it fucked me. No, I don't regret Elvin Burke. I regret not knowing, dude, Liz and I could have smoked that first ferry back to the fucking mainland and one third for the third leg in a row easily, dude. We could have done that ladle challenge while not having to deal with that bullshit. That's what I wish would have happened, is that I would have fucking not had to deal with it. I'd probably still help Brooke, dude. I don't know, man. What the fuck? Liv and I agree. Yeah, we helped her. So fuck it. We, She's a red chick. We helped her. I guess I'd like to catch that first fairy back, is if I could do it again.
0: Yeah. Because, I mean, both Logan and I have experience of being around Brooke and Scott, and we both love them dearly. And, in fact, both of them are joining us later this season.
1: Dude, they're brilliant. I, here's the thing. Everybody expects me to hate her, and I'm like, no, 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 no. This is a fucking awesome woman. Like, we played a game, and she won. And that's what happened. I lost at a dumb game, and it was fucking awesome. And I got to do it, and I get to be friends with these people. When I go to Manhattan, when I go to fucking Seattle, when I travel to Chicago or all over the country, I have these wonderful people who I know and love from Globetrotting on CBS's Nichols. So thank you, uh, CBS, Last Moonrays, and uh, Bert, and Elise, and Phil, and everybody else for letting us run around the world, man. For real, like, that was so rad. Like, it's the coolest gift anybody's ever given me.
0: Yeah, I guess all your sort of pentapanga came out at the finale and then it was just sort of water under the bridge after that.
1: Yeah, man, it was like nine months from when it wrapped until it aired. So we had a lot of shit to sit on, man. We had this group me chat that was just fucking bananas because we weren't allowed to be friends on Facebook until the fucking... So and so aired, you know. So we just do that, and then this group me chatting back and forth, back and forth, like fucking twenty-two people. Blah 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 blah. It got out of control. Man, it's nice chatting with you boys. I, I I admire both of your work. Thank you. Thank you. So you're you know you're 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 respectively a bit Canadian and a bit British for my taste, but I don't. I don't you know. <laughs> I grew up on the Great Lakes, dude. We're, we're one fucking Labette Blue away from cousins.
0: To be fair, you have Irish heritage, so do I. So it could actually be possible.
1: Dude, we have naturally curly hair too. Fuck Armstrong with his little bowl cut.
0: I have naturally curly hair, thank you very much. It's just short enough that you don't notice. <laughs> <I've never laughs> exactly.
1: I'm going to grow it out,
0: man. <laughs> I don't grow it out because it drives me nuts.
2: Gotta <laughs> wait till Michael goes to Woodstock, and then he'll grow it out for a year or something.
0: Can you confirm or deny? Does Liz have magical ma- map powers?
1: Man, look. I will say this: I misinterpreted Liz misinterpreting a map. So therefore, the map was properly interpreted by the person that was interpreting said map, which was in fact Liz. So yeah, I I gotta eat a little pile of shit on that one too, Liz. Liz, Liz, <laughs> why, why, why you sound like Johnny Cash? Like 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 a bad Johnny Cash impersonator, Liz. Blown, <laughs> Liz. Walk the line, Liz. (laughs) (laughs) You really sound like Buffalo Bill, for real.
0: The best thing is uh, that Logan does a Liz impression as well, so he can just have a conversation between the two of you. (laughs)
1: Fucking Sandy Squirrel, where's she at, man? (laughs) What the fuck?
0: One of my favourite running jokes to do whenever anyone joins us is uh, is saying, oh, you should have heard the impression that Logan was doing of you. With you, I literally can say that because you've heard it. Right.
1: Yeah, <laughs> right. it's a masterpiece of abstract broadcast something or another.
0: You should hear his Cavino impression. <laughs> I think he has heard my Covino he impression.
1: lights piss himself and fall asleep.
2: It's tough to capture that on audio. <laughs>
0: If you want to do a Covino impression for us, you kind of have to be in a windy tunnel in Tennessee.
2: You got to you got to get
1: hit in the stomach while playing hockey while trying to save a pitcher of beer. Like Covino's always the guy in that situation. Like what? Ah, ah, save the day. He's just gonna have constantly like trays of beer and shit spilling around him.
0: Yeah, Covino keeps threatening next time I go to Boston to uh, to put me on an ice rink and fire pucks at me.
1: Dude, I played with him. He's he's pretty good. I'll I'll say that, Joey. Man, it hurts to say, Joey's a pretty goddamn good hockey player. He's a, he's a good bit, and the ball is better than me. But uh, it was fun playing with all them old hockey doctors, all them old fucking uh, Irish cops that all retired. They just play sick and puck every week, man. It was rad, like a Chelsea rink, man. Fucking good times, man. We skated hard. They had a good time. Joey is a good skater. He's a good hockey player.
0: And how come you guys weren't at the finale party? Because Logan was, was missing meeting you finally.
1: Julie and I did ours in, in Boston because that's so where terrorist family was coming in. And I, you know, he and I had grown so close that it was a lot easier for me to get a jet blue to Boston than it was to plan a three or four day shunt to Vegas. You know what I mean? So, like, I just went up there to hang out with those old Irish bricks and play hockey and drink beer. And that's what we did. I had a fucking blast, man. We met Joey's kid, Andrew. He's the fucking man, dude. You, you were a homeboy, but I had a great time.
0: Yeah, it was a conspicuous absence for for you guys after all the shit that Logan had talked for you to not be at the finale part where Logan was. And he was slightly devastated.
1: <laughs> no, man, no, we have.
0: I wanted the videos to be sent over to me of you guys just roasting him to his face. That's what I wanted.
1: <laughs> we do have to get together. We, we should find some fucking beer company is to this like tickets play tickets in all other directions until we meet somewhere in Nova Scotia which is probably halfway for all of us or whatever the fuck we all Nova Scotia
2: would not be
0: halfway for me <laughs> well it is now
1: god damn it alright
0: I just wanted Logan to get progressively drunker and just keep calling you Liz. Liz. did I ever send you the video of me and uh, Redmond I believe so you didn't send it me I don't think
2: yeah it's me and Redmond filmed the video after I had a few drinks
0: well, yeah. uh, well, granted,
2: I I drank. Um, my uh, friend had a birthday in L.A. earlier in the day, and somebody brought boxed wine, and I never had boxed wine before. So then, it, Wait, after a few you of ever them, had
1: boxed wine before.
2: No, not until the my friend's birthday, the afternoon of the twenty nine finale. So I had a you whole bunch of boxed out. wine, <laughs> and I had to. Tr- and then I knew I had to be at the twenty nine finale, so I'm like, okay, I can't drink for the next couple hours, and I think I was still fairly intoxicated, even at the start of the twenty nine finale. And then I had one more drink there. And then, yeah, then me and Redmond filmed the video and had some fun conversations with Scott. So it was it was an interesting evening.
1: Dude, Redmond Ravens is one of my favorite people in the world, first of all. Secondly, I wonder where I was that evening, probably pouting. We were trying to send out for beers. Matt Ladley had found a way out for beers the night before, but it had failed him this night. It was a strange They were like, You're going to have two beers each. And we're like, Fuck right off. <laughs> and they turned us loose in this little fucking hotel, like a little <laughs> breakout room where there was like two Heineken's apiece. And I'm like, Oh, good. God bless your heart, dude. And we just fucked off and we tried to get more. I don't know. We probably got more.
0: I feel like Redmond is another person who I really need to meet. He's so much fun.
1: Dude, Redmond Ramos is one of the most fucking fascinating dudes you'll ever meet in your life. He's a fucking monster athlete in spite, not in spite of, because of his fucking amputation. Because of that, he's a fucking beast boat, dude. Rock climbing, fucking scuba, snorkel, whatever the fuck. Like, this fucking dude is better with one leg than I am with two. And that makes me feel like a fat piece of garbage. But it tells you what a fucking rock star of a man he is, man. Red Ramos is a bad, bad motherfucker, dude. On one leg you fuck with him, dude. I dare somebody to find out.
0: He's one of many people in your cast where I'm like, I would just love to meet you and talk to you. You would be so cool. Can you confirm why you u-turned Van and as well? Because there's been so many rumours swirling about that. What Man, was it that she did?
1: Nothing anybody did. It The consensus was if anybody got to the U-turn board before them, they were going to get U-turned. And Joey and Tyra didn't want to U-turn anybody because they U-turned Seth and all and they felt bad about it. So I said, me and Liz, fucking eat a pile of shit for this one and we U-turned that. That was it, man. There was no Diabolical plot. We were threatened by them. They were a fucking good team. She's a gorgeous blonde from Texas who's smart as hell and he's fucking Chinese Rain Man. He's just bank, dude. He's just fake. Like, what, what do you want me to say about him? He's a fucking Robocop. So... Yeah, we were threatened by him, and so we put him out, man. And that was everybody's decision, and I ate the shit for it, so whatever.
0: And then it came right back around towards you and Liz?
1: And sometimes it bugs you in the ass. I don't know, suppose it would have rat mattered one way or another when we got you turn. With a fucking speed bump. How, how rude. Please? Like, full house? Can I get some?
0: A speed bump that was entirely in your wheelhouse as well. Were you glad when you saw how the Vietnam legs went
2: down with uh, Covino and Floyd? Were you glad that you were eliminated in Greece and got to miss out on doing a thousand steps in uh, 110 degrees Fahrenheit and humidity?
1: No, I'd like to try the next leg in the race, especially because of the bungee jump. I always wanted to do that. I This a bungee jump like a son of a bitch. Would you and have that- screamed as
2: much as Scott did?
1: Nobody could ever scream as much as Scott did. There's an aura around that place on the Earth that you can see it from space, dude. It can't be explained, but it's impossible to get a magnetic reading on the poles from there. You understand?
0: That is genuinely one of my favourite Amazing Grace episodes ever, because it starts with Scott's scream, then the complete and utter meltdown. Dude,
1: dear God, I love him so much. I love you, Scott Flannery, with all my heart and soul, my ginger brother with the beard. That scream will be edged forever into my psyche.
0: I have had... So much fun with that scream because it fits perfectly with our theme music.
1: <laughs> it's amazing. But that's why, but back to your question, that's why I want to go to Vietnam. I want to do that shit. But see, I was the only one out had to wear long pants and long sleeves in fucking Tanzania and Salaam because all my tattoos. So in Vietnam, me in a t shirt would have been with, they're like in a sweater. You know what I mean? Like I had an advantage because I was already fucking dehydrated like a dick from running around with long sleeves and fucking pants. Dripping like an asshole the whole time. And still placing well. It's fucking hot down there, man. My stars.
0: I can vouch for that. It's so warm in Vietnam. It's The warmest place I've ever been. Is that right? Yeah. It was so humid when I went. It was like 40 degrees C. It was like 90% humidity when I was in Ho Chi Minh. It was just Jeez. so warm.
1: I don't know. It's hotter than tits in Pittsburgh today, so we're swimming and drinking beer and making punk rock music videos. No, here's what I want to talk about for real, though. Can I just do that? Yeah. Can I just plug the shit out of something? So, give kids the world. It's this park, it's this theme park in Orlando, outside of Disney and all that, where terminally ill kids can go and, and do a theme park and be just normal be one of the gang and, and have a day. And uh, I'm honored to be a part of the Hearts and Reality that's didn't been invited to come down there. Since I was on reality TV, I wanna go down and I wanna raise some money. For me to go down from here to Orlando, I am trying to raise a lot of money. It's called twenty five hundred bucks, two thousand five hundred dollars, because I wanna outraise all my amazing race season twenty nine competitors. I wanna outraise them all. So we're gonna do twenty five hundred bucks. And if we get that two thousand five hundred dollars, my man Danny Crowns is gonna tattoo on the inside of my arm. Right here, full size, the Give Kids the World logo. So for twenty five hundred bucks, you guys can get a charity tattooed on my naked right arm and we can Facebook it live. I hope you're having a brilliant time. Cheers, thanks for letting me do that.
0: Weirdly Cavino also mentioned parts of reality when he was on. You guys are just kindred spirits.
1: Dude, it's an orgy down there for what I'm told.
0: And also Weirdly Logan has your face tattooed on his chest. What? Um,
1: I I, it's right it. over, it's
2: right beside Marshall Mathers.
1: <laughs> the dude divides, man.
0: I think if you raise five grand, Logan should get your face tattooed on him.
1: Yeah, let's do that. Let's throw that out there. <laughs> put, put it up to your billion followers, you fucking guy. You. I'm like, you know, that one reality TV podcast, where the one dude's from British Columbia and the other dude's from London, and they're
0: like, what the fuck are you
1: talking about? <laughs>
0: So, what was the biggest thing that we didn't see on Amazing Race Twenty Nine?
1: The biggest thing you guys didn't see on Twenty Nine on the Amazing Race is how much we really did interact with each other, and, and and because we're all strangers, we were getting to know each other and getting to know all the other teams. But we had to get to know a teammate the best, and then we had to get to know all these other teams as a team and as two people and all that shit. So, like the first couple of airports, it was like madness. It was it was chaos. Everybody trying to suss out who's who and who's who's a threat and who's not and who's good at the game and who doesn't know what they're doing. And it was fucking nuts, fam. Like it'll it, it been you it bananas, surrounded by these people trying to figure out what the fuck. And, and you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. And sadly for you, you you learn about Joey Covino.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, I crossed paths with a man named Joey, Covino.
0: I have had to warn my parents because they're going to Boston in uh, in November. That if they cross paths with Joey Covino, to just stand away, safe distance.
1: Sit back and enjoy it, man. He's on the right side of the law.
0: Walk backwards slowly and don't break eye contact.
1: You're in Liberty City <laughs> on the right side of the law. Fuck hold your chest out, throw your fucking flag, man.
2: Can't wait till the Boston uh, Herald releases an article about Joey jerseying Michael's parents while they're on vacation. Michael's dad and, and Cavino may or may not fight over the same beer in the aisle at Walgreens.
1: We are in Belgium, I think. I don't know. Some fucking airport. It was some layover. And we had some warm beer that Matty Ladley had snuck off of somebody. And we went to this fucking airport stall and just passed it back and forth amongst the four of us just to say we drank a beer there like Matt and Red and Joey and I. Jesus Christ, that was gross. But we did manage to get a beer in every place we touched out.
0: I do have to say on the um, on the whole jerseying thing, Logan didn't know um, what a fight strap was until uh, November.
1: What sort of Canadian are you, dude?
0: Harmstone likes hockey.
2: I do not. He does not like uh, soccer, and I somewhat do. Uh,
0: we don't follow our own cultural norms. And he You're likes right. Tim Hortons. I hate Tim Hortons. Yeah, we've only just started getting Tim Hortons over here, so it's uh, it's a pleasant surprise for me. I do uh, I drink out of a Tim Hortons mug at work.
1: Versus donkeys, Dunkin' Donuts is garbage, so if that's the if that's the alternative, yeah. I'm not here to police your caffeine habits, boys. You can relax on that shit.
0: The alternative is Costa, which Ant works for and we don't talk about that. <laughs> Costa is another coffee shop.
2: Oh okay. I thought you were talking about the host of Belgian Mole.
0: No, that's Gilles. Gilles de Costa. Are you determined to get him in every podcast? You guys in the goddamn Belgian mole. We did, and it was the best. And we interviewed the host, and he's amazing. That's so rad. And I've got an invite to Belgium for for the finale next year. Get the fuck out of here. You're going to go back for it. Damn straight, I am. I'm already excited. Are you going saunders? Uh, I might. I mean, Belgian
2: mole is the best show that's been on uh, this year, I would say, out of anything I've watched. It's it's the fucking bomb.
1: Dude, I was seven-year-old. I'm just now getting caught up on Fuller House. And you know what? It's all right.
2: That's my take on
1: Fuller House. Fourth season coming out this summer.
2: If we raise $2,500, will you get a Fuller House tattoo on your other arm?
1: Not on my other arm, because my other arm's a sleeve of food. Um, but I'll get a Fuller House tattoo. If you raise 2500 bucks for a good kid's charity, fuck yeah, dude. Let's do this. Let's, let's pepper me with tattoos. The next five people that get $2,500 get... A fucking tattoo of any charity's logo they want anywhere on I me, mean, not on my neck or my face or my hands or my feet. Don't be a dick. But on my shoulders, my back, I got tons of real estate. I'm a fat boy, dude. So ratchet it up and, and get your wallets out and give towards, you know, some Lou Gehrig shit or, or whatever, you know, we're feeling real hard about these days. You guys got to do this cancer shit. I, I'm not good at talking about it.
0: So were there any countries that you were disappointed not to go to? Not necessarily that appeared in your season, but ones that you wish would have appeared on your season?
1: Oh, man. So there, there, there's so many. There's so many. The fact that I get to see, like, three different places in Italy um, itself was unreal because it was so culturally different. Um, I, I wanted to see all continents. I wanted That was the bummer of not getting to Asia, not getting to the Middle East. We, I would have loved to go to Morocco, dude. I would have killed to go to Morocco. I would have killed to go to Vietnam. And they, and they went to Vietnam. And I'd have probably died there. So, you know, it's for the best. But I just wanted to go all the way around the world. Like, at a certain point, it, it doesn't become about the money, man. It really, dude, it was not about the money. A million bucks, fuck a million bucks. I just, I want to see what's next. I want to see what's next. I want to be for the next thing, the next thing. It's obsessive. I'm and Floyd are doing
2: that right now, and I'm so fucking jelly, dude.
1: Man, Liz McGee would fucking knock the tits off them sons of bitches, man.
2: No more first and last, it would just be first?
1: You know, we'll do some driving courses
2: between now and then.
1: <laughs> we don't have to commit to anything. We haven't been invited back by CBS. I should make it known there's been no phones or emails or any of that.
0: I think 31 was a bit of a, a weird situation because it started off apparently being all Big Brother and then it went to Big Brother and Survivor and then they just randomly added in uh, Amazing Race Teams at the end as well. Were you guys sort of preparing for a, a potential memory challenge, or did you not really think about that?
1: No, because you run right up on it, man. Like, that's all live. Like, your camera from the clue to the challenge, it's all live. Like, you see it right in front of you the first time you encounter it. You don't get to, like, sneak up on a challenge or anything like that. Yeah. So you, it's like, bang, it's intimidating right in front of you sometimes. But really, it's just like, all right, we got to do this. How do we do this?
0: Was there a particular challenge that stood out for you? For better or for worse.
1: I mean I loved running through that market in Zanzibar, dude. Are you kidding me? Hey man, I really gotta wrap it up. These guys are gonna kill me.
0: Okay.
2: <laughs> Anything else, Logan? Um no, I think for the most part we unintentionally covered most of the questions we had.
1: <laughs> Sorry, lads, I don't mean to rush out of here, but it's getting the weather's all fucky and we gotta roll.
0: Oh, we understand, don't worry. Thank you for your time, Roto.
1: Nice talking to the both of you. We'll speak soon.
2: Alright. Sure. Peace out. I'm gone, Liz. <laughs> um, what
0: are your thoughts on Survivor New Zealand? I like it, but I'm slightly worried that the Matt and Dave thing is going to become a problem. Have you seen this week's episode yet?
2: I just watched it and I'm about to send off my blogs for it. Did you read my blog from last week? I did, yes. Yeah, because I'm like, if this goes any further, it's going to interfere with the whole integrity and legacy of the season. Because I think everyone's going to hate the outcome if... The two, the two best friends that were able to keep it a secret when no one else got to have that huge advantage. If they make it to the end of the game, the series could potentially end from how pissed off people are about it.
0: Yeah, my theory is that Dave is going to go next week and Matt won't be informed, so then Matt is going to play his idol at five and Tara will go out because of it and then Matt's going to go get booed at Final Four. That's my theory.
2: It's not a bad theory, because Dave has been voted for at all four post-merge
0: tribal councils. <laughs> and also, I I don't see either of them getting a winner's edit.
2: No, they've, production's buried them pretty good the past uh, few weeks. Matt's just been a complete game bot and has almost been presented as kind of a dick to the audience.
0: Yeah, and Lisa has had a winner's edit since week one. But there is kind of someone creeping up slightly, in my estimation, sadly. I'm sort, of 90%, yeah, I'm sort of 90% Lisa and then 10% Adam because of the reward this week.
2: I would say since the merge, this edit has t- taken a complete 180 degree turn where it's gone from uh, being the guy who's just a bit of a jackass to everybody to now the person who is essentially narrating for the audience because he constantly puts down Dave who... Dave's not getting the most positive edit anymore and then he makes fun of Tara and then whenever Tess is being all pout- pouty about things then we get the commentary from him and like... His opinions line up with what most of us say. He just presents in a, a funny, albeit uh, insulting way.
0: I think that Lisa's going to win, Adam's going to come second because of that. That's my goat feeling on it.
2: Tara's going to definitely be the third place goat. No, Tess. <laughs> Tess?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I still... Tara's such a weird person in
2: the game too, because like, we barely get to see her, and then it's not until the past week that she gets any airtime, and the whole season up to that point, it's just been, oh... Tara's not even acknowledged, and now she's viewed as this erratic person who makes crazy moves.
0: Yeah, she's definitely not getting a winning edit. She's getting a victim of an idol edit for me.
2: Yeah, I don't, or it could be Matt could go next instead of Dave, because I don't know if they're going to shift from thinking that Dave's not really a threat for anything. Like he's, It seems like Dave wouldn't be that respected if he made it to a final three, because people think he's just full of BS most of the time. Like his food being over dramatic at food rewards and then constantly over super duper overplaying the honor and integrity card. At least with Avi from last season, it was, he was honorable. He did play honorably, even though it seemed like he played that up, but he felt he followed through with it. With Dave, it's like, eh, you're just being a bit wishy washy for the most part.
0: I think the issue with that is how many Chani are on the jury. Because Dave is last Chinese standing. If he gets there, he's getting all the Chinese votes regardless. Even from Renee? Renee is the only toss-up. Even from Eve? I think Eve will, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. But my my main theory on why neither of them make it to the final tribal is no one in the jury seems to know about their their relationship until it came on TV.
2: Yeah, because if one of them had gone to jury, they for sure would have been talked about. They didn't even know about it till the first episode aired? Is that it?
0: I think so, yeah. So I think neither of them makes it to Final Tribal purely because that can then be a secret that they can keep together.
2: Yeah, because they didn't they say in this episode that they were going to talk about it at, uh, at on Day 39 if they were there together? Yeah, and they probably... Do you think they assume that people would be pissed off once they found out? Because at least now they're already... It's funny because if you watch the Jury Villa right after... Uh, Eve was voted out. All four jury members say, "Yeah, Dave and Matt have this really tight alliance. Like they know that Dave and Matt are aligned, but they don't understand why they're aligned." So I think it's even without the personal relationship involved, Dave and Matt have already spelled it out that those that they're sticking together uh, really closely.
0: Which is only detrimental for both of them because they are on Lisa's radar now, and being on Lisa's radar not a good idea. No. I'm
2: surprised they didn't go f- that they didn't end up going for Dave instead of Eve.
0: Eve is an immunity threat, and Dave keeps going out first, doesn't he? So,
2: yeah, either for he goes out first, or either comes last, or comes second.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then the
2: host is like, "Whoa, Dave!"
0: <laughs> Who do you think is going to win um, South African Survivor?
2: I haven't seen the new episode yet, but I do know that uh, Vusi goes home. Which I predicted in my blog uh, last week. Or, or, well, I didn't predict him going first. I just said he'd be an obvious early uh, post-merge boot. Because he won five challenges in a row single-handedly for Visayas. Because I just thought, oh, Tom's going to just be like the Roger Sexton boot, where no one's going to even be entertain the thought of really protecting him. But, uh, yeah, he uh, ends up being safe. I don't know how he ends up being safe this week. Do you want me to tell you? Yeah, I mean, I already know that Boosie goes home.
0: So, uh, Werner um, pulls him in as a number, basically, and tells everyone, sod off, you're not voting him out. Oh. Yeah, Werner's kind of the kingpin. He's my pick to win still, so.
2: He, does have the, he seems to have really good instincts overall, and everyone trusts him, and he has two idols.
0: And PK is very vulnerable.
2: You no, know, he's, he's not emotional or vulnerable anyway, he's a real man.
0: <laughs> if PK doesn't go this week, I'll be very surprised.
2: Even though with the mi- it was the Minority Alliance was the one that targeted him and he was still safe?
0: Well, no, he's 100% going to be going because he's pissing everyone off, especially Sony.
2: Oh, he's just being super erratic and
0: wanting to make big moves? Yeah, he keeps talking about being the kingpin and then, you know, not getting his way. Because he wanted Tom out. Ah, I see. Yeah, everything's
2: so fluid with Survivor South Africa. We finally get to see the benefits of what happens when you have the... Three tribe format go all the way down to uh, 10 people from 15 down to 10, plus a switch within it. I wish it was like a four, it had been a four, three, three merge instead of four, four, two, because then it's like, what the hell is going to happen? <laughs> Especially when you would have had Josie in the equation, too, which might have boosted uh, Plaza and Vusi's ch- uh, chances of surviving uh, the elimination this week. Although they were an obvious three person alliance, so they probably would have been split up anyway.
0: And sadly, the merge does mean that I can no longer say Mindanao <laughs> Luzon, Mindanao Visayas. And is John just completely screwed?
2: Because she seems like she's just going to be thrown away within two votes no matter what.
0: <laughs> I actually think John is going to be the final goat. I think she's going to be brought to the final tribal and I think she's going to get no votes. Hmm, that's interesting. I
2: wonder if Werner's going to make himself stick out too far out that... Uh... He's might get he might get, he seems like the type that could get overconfident.
0: Yeah, but he also has two idols.
2: Yeah, but still, I mean, once you get confident and think that you can't be blindsided, that's typically when you get blindsided in uh, Survivor, especially South African version where Poliza didn't play her idol, did she? No, she didn't. I'm surprised they introduced another idol on Survivor New Zealand because they're not really big into adding in unnecessary uh, twists that much.
0: No, but Lisa's stink face. Like, that is just setting up Lisa wanting to boot him fast.
2: Yeah, like, if he if Matt hadn't found the idol, then it's like, eh, he wins immunity once, whatever. The way immunity and then he still has the idol in his pocket? That's, that really, uh, that's pretty much our only game plan right now, is just to get rid of Matt, which makes sense, because... He's the only one who can beat her. Exactly. I was just thinking that the, I thought the challenge, I... With how mixed up the numbers have been since the merge, it's it's funny that the Chani tribe still goes down as rapidly as they have, especially if your prediction comes true that Dave goes home next week. And it's like, well, none of the Kenkau were really closely aligned together since the merge, but somehow only one of them goes in the first uh, five el- post-merge eliminations.
0: The other option I can think of is that maybe Lisa tells Matt that Dave is going Matt gets Dave to play his idol, and then they actually flip the vote on Matt. That wouldn't be such a bad idea. That's the only other thing I can think of. So
2: it seems like Adam, Tess, and Lisa are becoming a very... I think Dave and Matt just made their alliance way too obvious. They could have played it so much more distant. They could have really divided and conquered, but Dave always makes himself so helpless that Matt has to do all of the work anyway, so then everyone else can see that Dave's not really talking to anybody except Matt. If Dave was more aggressive with working himself in with Adam or Tess, then, yeah, then it would have been near impossible to really eliminate Dave and Matt when they get to have a secret, uh, trusting-type duo, but they just playing it... Or Dave's playing it horribly. Matt's actually trying to play it well. And how disappointing would it be if Matt has a million confessionals about how great of a position he's in, and then he doesn't have any sort of downfall and wins the game anyway?
0: He's getting a classic downfall at it. That's the thing, I can't see it not happening.
2: Yeah. Do you know how disappointing it would be if like Lisa goes home next round and then uh, she wins the game? We would be gutted.
0: I would be gutted. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you for listening to this amazing race podcast. You can join us next week for another interview. If you've got any questions, feel free to contact us on our Facebook page, Reality TV Warriors, on our Twitter account, RTV Warriors, or on Twitter pages. MJ Holmes over me and Lux for Quacky for Logan. See you next week.
2: Peace out and just chill till the next interview.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah.